Howdy there, my fellow distanced fellows. This is Peyton Zignego here with COVID Operation to bring you your daily dose of cheer. Happy Thursday! That's right, it's Friday Eve! You've almost made it through yet another week, and of course, I'm here. And you know what? The exciting news is that I can finally bring you our guest of the week, which is exciting because, again, my schedule got all mixed up, and I do apologize, but you know what? Getting Emma a day earlier is not the end of the world, is not in fact a gift, I would say. But even more so of a gift is today's guest interview, who I am very excited to interview and to share with you. So I will... Throw it over to myself in the studio without much more for the magical introduction, of course. So take it away in the studio, Peyton. Thank you, Peyton. I'm here today in my Zoom studio. We have with us today the lovely author of young adult fiction novels such as Moxie and Afterward. It's Jennifer Matu. So thank you very much for being here today. We appreciate it. Oh, I'm happy to be here, Peyton. Thank you for having me. So I, I like to start off these interviews by asking about, you know, your sort of origin story as an author. So how did you get started writing? Well, you know, I grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., uh, northern mm-hmm. Virginia, and was always drawn to reading and writing. You know, I just I heard the term once this is I didn't come up with it, but I heard once the, the term womb writer. You know, you come out of the womb just wanting to write. And that was <laughs> me um, as a little girl. I remember before I could actually write, I would dictate stories to my mother and she would write them down for me and then I would illustrate them. So, um, yeah, I was just always drawn to writing and, and literature. And it was I don't know. I was I was a, a sensitive kid. I was a, a you know kind of a, a shy kid at, at points, and um, mm-hmm. you know the, the world of books was just really comforting for me, as I know I'm sure it is for a lot of your listeners. And so in fifth grade, I won a, a writing competition at my school, and the prize was that the book that I wrote got to be in the school library for a year. Mm-hmm. And you know, kids I didn't know were checking it out, and that was so thrilling to me that anybody would would want to read something that I had written that you know that wasn't my mom or dad, right? I think that's how I got the bug. And then in high school, I edited the school paper. My parents, you know, thought, okay, she likes to write. And I'm, I'm the proud daughter of immigrants. My mother is from Cuba and my dad's from Chile. And I always joke around that, yeah, I always joke around that they thought they weren't going to send their daughter to college to be an English major. You know, they were like, <laughs> they didn't, even though there are, there are plenty of jobs that English majors can get, I think that they thought if we're going to send you to college to, to be a writer, you know, maybe be a journalism major, right? Because um, mm-hmm. you could be a journalist, right? And in fact, that's what I did. I went to Northwestern and I majored in journalism and I worked as a reporter for a while and it mm-hmm. was interesting. I covered the arts and, and human interest stories. That's what brought me to Houston where I live now. Uh, but it, it just wasn't really the long-term career for me. I Mm -hmm. ended up transitioning into being an English teacher 15 years ago, one of the best decisions I've ever made with my life. And Mm -hmm. that's how I found YA, you know, or, or what YA looked like 15 years ago. And I started reading the books that my kids were reading because I wanted to know, you know, what I grew up on Judy Bloom, you know, what are the kids reading today? And then I started writing YA. So that's kind of how the, my story goes, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, writing has just been a huge part of my life in many different forms. In my 20s, I had some personal essays published as well, some nonfiction. So I just can't imagine not writing in some capacity. And I'm really fortunate that YA novels have been where I've found um, a really happy place for now. Yeah. So from there, have you just 
always been inspired by the uh, work around you and the people around you, or do you, you know, where, where do you get your inspiration from when you start writing? So I, my ideas often come from real life, and I, you know, I'm one of those people that just finds. I, I have great respect for people who write fantasy and science fiction and speculative fiction. I think it's a real gift. But I have always just found real life so fascinating that I that's that's where I'm drawn, right? And so a lot of my books have come from from real experiences or real life stories that I've seen in the news. For example, afterward, my third book uh, is roughly based on a real kidnapping uh, or inspired by, I should say, a real kidnapping that took place many years ago uh, mm-hmm. where, where two people. Two, two boys were kidnapped by the same person, and and so um, I kind of imagined the aftermath of an event like that. Um, my second book, Devoted, is I have spoken about this, is, is inspired by the Quiverful movement or Christian patriarchy movement, specifically the Duggar mm-hmm. family, right, with all the kids and how does it how does it work to be in a family of so many kids that you know has a very sort of certain religious belief system that's very you know sort of all consuming. So yeah. I think, you know, all my books have come from, from real life, real experiences. My most recent one, The Liars of Mariposa Island, is inspired by um, my mother's journey here from Cuba as a young girl. You know, that's kind of where I get just looking around. <laughs> so from building up from seeing real experiences and taking them and putting them into, into work, how do you build up your writing process from there? Does it vary from story and story or do you have a certain way that you like to lay things out? So I typically, you know, an idea will come to me and I will, you know, often get excited when I get an idea, right? <laughs> I'm not a writer that maybe gets a million ideas a, a year, right? Some some writers talk about having what they call plot bunnies in their heads all the time. Yeah. And, you know, uh, one of my former editors said, you know, you just need one good idea a year, right? So usually I'll get one and then I'll let it <laughs> marinate for a while and I'll think about it and I'll kind of work it out in my head. And then typically I'll work out a rough outline, a plot outline. You know, there's those terms plotter or pantser, right? I'm I'm pretty much yep. in between. I'm so, sort of in the middle there where I, I have the basic story arc worked out in my mind and I really get to know the characters really well. I really start to, you know, kind of meditate on them because I'm a very character-driven writer. And and then, then I kind of start writing. And what ends up happening is that, you know, I, I usually know where I want to end up. I, I usually have the end in mind. I, I have that final scene kind of in my head and, and my gut never really, you know, steered me wrong there in terms of mm-hmm. knowing what the end of the book is going to look like. And so I, I, I aim for that. And, and I know that, you know, there's certain high notes that I have to hit. And, and then I just sort of start filling in the blanks. And as I get to know the characters better, as I write them, um, that becomes easier to do. Um, there's a wonderful writer here in Texas named Julie Murphy who wrote the book Dumplin'. And I heard her say mm-hmm. once on a, on, a, on a panel that she starts thinking of her books almost like movie trailers in her mind, right? You know how movie trailers sort of have the high notes and the music and, you know, creating this mood and this feeling in you. And and I kind of, when she said that, I was like, you know, that's kind of what happens to me too. And I kind of create this movie trailer in my mind and then I start to kind of put it out on paper and and I fill in the gaps. And then, of course, I turn it into my editor and then we we, we begin revisions and and then, you know, we hopefully we'll go into copy editing eventually and proofreading and then Mm -hmm. there's a book, right? So that's, that's the process for me, typically. And it's different for every writer. No, uh, it's, <laughs> my uh, grandma actually really likes Dumplin'. <laughs> oh, it's such a great book. <laughs> I know. I, lo- mm-hmm. oh, I love that book. And Julie is, uh, like, just a gem. She's a really cool lady and very, very happy that we're both Texas writers together. 
Oh. So now, what, what would you say is, is most important to you in, in the stories you write? Like having an important theme or message or what do you, what do you aim for? You know, I, I'm still a full-time high school English teacher and, um, mm-hmm. obviously I write for teenagers and I, I really shy away from the idea that, I mean, I certainly think that books, you know, that, that old saying, books are windows or mirrors, right? That they can validate yeah. your, your life or, or, or give you insight into other people's lives. That's why I think people who read are often more empathetic human beings. But I, I kind of shy away from the idea that when I write for teenagers that I am, I'm having to provide a message. I think that when teenagers feel like they're being preached preached to, they know it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, you're, you're too young maybe to know this, but there was this really funny, well, it was not meant to be funny, but we thought it was funny, uh, after-school special. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the after-school specials from the 80s? Um, they were yeah, these, yeah. These, you know, there were these TV programs that would be on literally after school, and, you know, I think they were mm-hmm. on ABC or something, and, you know, they would have the, the, the after-school special about drugs, the after-school special about, yep, you know, yep. whatever. <laughs> Right. And they were so corny to us. And we just laughed Mm -hmm. and laughed when we would watch them because they didn't they didn't talk to us as teenagers with any sincerity or any nuance. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, young people are not adults, obviously. Um, (laughs) Their brains aren't their brains are not fully developed and all of those things. But I think it's wrong to write for teenagers with the thought that they can't grasp complexity and nuance and that they can't mm-hmm. have difficult conversations about difficult topics, right? So I I write books. I For me, I write books that I find to be compelling, right, that I mm-hmm. hope are characters that will feel real to the reader, that will, um, you know, perhaps validate or perhaps provide insight for the reader into another way of life. And then I, I tell a story that I hope makes you want to turn the page. And then what the reader takes from that is up to the reader, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and sure, I have idea, you know, when when I when I wrote Devoted, right? The idea that you know it's important to speak up for yourself, even if your family is against you. Or in Moxie, right? Mm-hmm. Gender equality is important. That that yeah. of course that's what I want readers to take in some way. But I don't go into it like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't sit down mm-hmm. and say, this book's going to teach kids X, right? That's not, yeah. how I, that's not how I sit down to write. That's not. I, I, I start with the story and the characters and then mm-hmm. trust trust that whatever needs to come out of that will come out of that. Yeah, and I, I know that that's really effective. Uh, one of uh, my fellow pre-professionals at Story Arc, Maggie, was raving about Moxie and how Aww. much she loved it. So, Thank yeah, it, it definitely it comes across. And I'm back. Of course, you know how this works. I can't give you the full interview just yet. So we're cutting it off here. But thank you very much to Jennifer Matu for being interviewed on the podcast. She was awesome to talk to and I had so much fun and I hope you enjoyed listening just as much as I enjoyed talking with her. So thank you both to her and to you for, of course, listening. I highly recommend that you go ahead and check out her work. Uh, She writes young adult fiction and they're all really good. In fact, one of my fellow pre-professionals highly raves about her work and is actually mainly the reason I was able to talk to her. So thank you, Maggie. But if you are interested, which I hope you are, all of her work can be found at jennifermatu.com. That is J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-M. A-T-H-I-E-U.com. So you can go ahead and see all of her work there. And super exciting news is that 
pretty soon. Uh, we don't have a release date, of course, because of, you know, COVID. But her novel Moxie is going to be on Netflix soon as an adapted special. So, hey, that's really exciting. And congratulations to her. But that'll be awesome to go see. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> even more incentive to read the book first because you got to read the book first before you see the movie so that people know you're cool. You know how that works. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've talked long enough, but thank you very much for tuning in as always. It is much appreciated. And another big thank you to Jennifer Mathieu. And I hope you go ahead and check out her work and enjoy it just as much as we do here at Story Arc. I thank you very much for being here with me today. I will see you tomorrow. This has been COVID Operation. I've been Peyton Zignago. Thank you very much as always. I will see you tomorrow. Stay safe out there. Peyton and Tapioca, over and out.